again to the pre-game effect podcast my name is ian i am joined today by dom as usual luke is back from the dead how you hello doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm good how you guys doing hanging in there we're here uh, man glad there. to have you back up on the mend yeah. <laughs> yeah and then we are continuing the trend of why are all the legacy players we know really good at this game uh and we have yet another buffalo chicken dip winner on the cast today we got Dan Becker. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, good to finally have you on here. I've been kind of teasing you for a while. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll have you on when you finally win an event. And then, well, you went and did it, so I had to have you on. <laughs> yeah, super happy about it. You keep having all my friends on this podcast. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. I kind of want to try that. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll win this one. Hell yeah. There you go. That, that's, that was exactly it. That was on your mind, not the... Not the uh... <laughs> The duels or anything that were up you know, for the, the prizes. The duels were a complete side effect. He wanted his name on the golden chicken, and he wanted to come on here. That was the yeah. only, only thing he wanted. <laughs> I need to talk to my friends in their <laughs> podcast setting, even though we can have a conversation at any table at any time. <laughs> Perfect. Well, you got it, buddy. <laughs> I, I figured <laughs> it out. Get in here. Found the line. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, so for anybody who was not paying attention to coverage this weekend, why don't you talk a little bit about what you were playing? Sure. So uh, the Open this weekend, I decided to uh, play Mono Red uh, Fable Painter, is uh, what we've been calling it lately. Uh, not that I would have made a different decision for any other reason. I've been playing Painter for about eight months now. Absolutely love the deck. And so I decided to uh, take my favorite deck for another spin at the uh, BCDLs. And uh, this time it ended up going uh, pretty well for me. Yeah, I know... Uh... You definitely had a lot of very favorable matchups that I was able to catch um, throughout the day. Um, but I yeah, think you, played, you played against like almost all different decks except for one duplicate, and that's just because you played the guy twice. Yeah, so I ended up playing against, I uh, played nine rounds on the day and played eight different matchups. So I can just run through those. I played against uh, Stifle Knot, Green White Depths, Four Color Control. Uh, Red White Taxes, which is our good pal Ian here. Um, Turbo Muxus, uh, Nettle, uh, Sentinel Elves, and then Doomsday and Mono Red Prison. Yeah, and I do take at least some pride in the fact that I was your only loss on the day. Yes, you were my only loss where I decided that, you know, I didn't quite have enough mana when I could make nine. Eleven would just have to do. With the third ancient tomb. Not quite where I wanted to be. Especially not when I was not on the wasteland port plan. I was on the attacking with Cauldra plan. Uh, Cauldra hurts. Turns out. Turns out. <laughs> You're doing yourself a bunch of damage with your lands. Exactly. <laughs> well, I didn't have to. I didn't have any spells to cast. Just kind of staring at a lot of mana. I was like, hmm. Not doing a lot here. <laughs> yeah, I think you played like a turn two fable, discarded two lands, drew two lands, and then died. <laughs> so. Yeah, wasn't wasn't the best showing, but uh, everywhere else, the uh, deck hard carried me throughout the day. So I was super thrilled with uh, how everything went. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so the three of us ended up actually playing that event. Luke was unable to make it. 
um but me and dom were there as well um and i was playing right away taxes like dan mentioned um and then dom was playing reanimator yeah um, yeah got to uh you know floop some pigs did some things uh didn't end up going that great for me uh ended up just dropping at two and three but i mean overall had a good time trying to get out there i just i feel like every time i go to events now like i just get paired against the people who no one else just wants to talk to at all this is a real like assholes so i was i was a little annoyed um it was kind of not in my feelings i'll say just kind of had some bad beats and uh was just kind of <clears throat> we'll say over this shit that's the, for, the for, way to put it for a portion of the day i'm just kind of sick and tired of like getting my ass beat and someone like talking shit while they're doing it and i'm like dude like keep talking that's fine and then the game ends and then i can tell them what i really feel <laughs> so that's that's yeah, like, kind of fun but like, you know it's, it's hey. one thing to lose to your opponent but it's another thing to lose to the opponent who's complaining the whole time they're beating you yeah yeah that was annoying that, like, yeah, that is never fun i had doug i saw i think it was 23 cards you know drawing or whatever I saw 23 and there was only one reanimation spell. This was in a game one. So, yeah, and so I had gone for it. Playing 12? Uh, what did they have over? Yeah, yes. Uh, excuse me, 16. Oh, 16. Nope. Wait. Wait. Nope, 12. Yep, 12. Sorry. 12, final answer. 12, final answer. Yep. I, I looked at, I saw unmasked. I was like, yep, that's it. Because the UN, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, but 12 Ungrave. and that's where it was. And they just had, cause it was like, go for it on turn one. They had the counter. Okay. I just need to find something else. And I didn't, hmm. uh, 23 cards later. So I was just kind of sitting there, get my ass beat. Uh, and then game two, they had, um, uh, double surgical. And when I, <laughs> <laughs> finally got to the point where i was like gonna go do something uh i unmasked their hand or i griefed their hand to check before and they had triple bolt uh force force blue card blue card and i was like yeah that's fine you got it and we're dead yeah because they were like uh yeah you can go ahead and see and i was like all right cool i'm just <laughs> gonna pack it up here yeah it's like, thanks so, but yeah i mean it was you know it happened. I feel my first two matches, I, I beat, uh, what was it? Small, I beat Pox. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm not supposed to do that because I only bring I out like one not. creature. Yeah. Uh, I won game one. That's what helped me. Every time I play against Pox, I don't realize it's small Pox until like game three. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the end of game two, and I was like, "Oh, this is what he's doing," because I'm I'm sitting here thinking, "I'm like, what am I gonna write my my little notebook?" Like, "Oh, it's mono black, like discard planeswalkers," because I saw Liliana's and stuff. And I'm like, I wasn't thinking smallpox at all. And then I saw it in game two. I was like, "Oh, that's what it is." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those cards. And it doesn't come help together. anymore that like there's that mono black stompy helm deck that runs around too. I've seen people play Liliana's in there, so mm -hmm. it's like they play a lot of the same cards anyway. 
Yeah. And that's what I was kind of thinking at first. Um, so in my head, it was just like, I just, I got to go fast, you know? Hmm. Um, and then game three was interesting. I think my, my, my opponent definitely misplayed because they could have gotten off of their void Walker, my grizzle brand. And they just didn't. So they could have just like tap sack cast grizzle brand. It was a, I had a grizzle brand out. And I was going to, I had drawn a bunch of cards. I was going to reanimate something else. And before I did that, they had two cards in hand. I had griefed or unmasked them. And I griefed. That's exactly what I did. So I cast grief. And I, I say, you know, cast grief. It hasn't entered the battlefield yet. I'm just casting it at this point in time. And they said, okay. So I said, okay, grief enters targeting you. Uh, so like trigger. And they're like, oh, well, hold on. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then they show me their two cards, and it is smallpox and sudden edict. And I was like, uh, okay. And they had like two... one of these should be cast in response. Yeah. So like in response, they sudden edict me, killing Grizzlebrand, which goes off of their Voidwalker. And then I play Grief, which would take the smallpox, sure. And then their turn, they're just like, oh, yeah, I'll get rid of this two drop for your grizzle brand and just and proceed to win the game win yeah um so that was interesting and then i definitely punted like one other time just because in my hand i drew my like starting and i was like oh this is what i'm gonna do i'm going to grief reanimate grief i'll rip two cards out of their hand like this is really cool sweet this is the game plan awesome my opponent goes fetch land bird go I'm like, cool, draw Archon. And I'm like, okay, hold on now. Well, now I can thought seize myself, take Archon in there, bring back Archon. They have to sacrifice the bird. This is dope. Awesome. And I immediately went for grief. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I like undid everything that I just thought of. In my head. It's like your brain was on steps two through 11, but you forgot step one. And that's where. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I was thinking too far ahead. And then it was against like a Maverick deck. So I was not winning that. Mm. I feel like anyway, because four swords and they had the four solitudes plus endurance main. And I was like, yes, (laughs) you're good, buddy. This is cool. (laughs) They came to win. Yeah, I was like, you you are packed to beat the hell out of me, and that's okay. So whatever. Yeah, Maverick but... is always a solid deck when the top two decks in the room are Reanimator and Dover. Yeah, absolutely. Any other good deck, don't play Maverick. But those two <laughs> out there. But yeah, I mean, like I said, at all in all, I was happy to kind of you know sling some cards, see some friends. It was it was a great location. I thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, I know we had Rob on here. A little bit ago and he was talking it up but then finally getting in there and seeing it i i thought it was great and i i really only looked at the tor- tournament space and a little bit of the restaurant i didn't check out the hotel area at all hmm. um so i am i'm excited to hopefully um we were good enough um like not hosts guests jesus sorry brain fart good enough <laughs> guests that were uh they're gonna be fine with us coming back because i could see this being being a thing so mm-hmm. say at least you like... have to like when you drop it's like oh no now i'm in a brewery 
Yeah, basically. What am I gonna do? Drinking. Yeah, that was our our one buddy, uh, Mike. Man, I think it was like noon, and he was starting. It was right like right before lunch break. I feel like he was going. Yeah, it's like hey, round two, it was and whatever. And he had he had a shot of vodka in front of him. I'm like, okay, Mike. Yeah. And then our buddy Joe took it and shank the rest of it. <laughs> I was like, man, so we don't we don't have a, a whole lot of numbers to back it up, but uh, we think that Mike may be a better magic player when he's drinking. So um, I can we'll basically guarantee Mike is a better magic player when he's drinking. That's fair. Because that's fair. What like a lot of people when they get to the point where they're just thinking less and just going off of like their instincts and everything that they've built up from playing this stuff, like different styles of decks over time, they usually will play better because they're not out thinking themselves. And especially someone like Mike who has played plays the same deck forever. Yeah. Like he doesn't he, switch he up very often. Something with the goblin while they're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And or if he doesn't play it, it then the other deck at least has painter in it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I thought, um, like I said, my standpoint, I thought everything was run very well. Um, uh, Rob definitely put up a bunch of pictures and stuff of it. I thought the location was great. I thought everything was, everything was great besides, uh, how my deck wanted to treat me a little bit that day, but you know, hmm. We can't we can't do anything about that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, not not cheating, do things about that. So yeah, you can't legally do things about that. Uh, so Dan, why don't you talk us through a couple of the matches that you played against? Uh, sure. So uh, during the day, I was on uh, coverage a couple of times, and I played what I think were some of the uh, best uh, games of matches that I played in a long time, just both in how tight I was playing and also just what was happening on the board. Uh, and round two, uh, coverage snagged my opponent and I for game three on coverage, and I was playing against green-white depths. I uh, just lost game two because 2020s, uh, they kill you very fast. Uh, so but Usually in one hit, especially yeah. when you have Ancient Tomb in your deck. Yeah, yeah. I'm generally never above 20 when I'm playing with Painter, so. And if you are, something went horribly wrong. A lot of swords to plowshares, generally, is what happens. So game three against Green White Depths, it uh, starts off pretty well for me. I make, like, a couple land drops. I get a Fable in the play uh, off of, like, a Great Furnace Ancient Tomb. My opponent plays out, like, uh, has, like, a turn one Dryad Arbor into a turn two uh, Knight of the Rally Quarry. I'm able to fury both of them away. I'm like, great. I'm in a great spot. I'm going to play this saga. I'm going to start making constructs. And then my opponent goes uh, on their turn three and <clears throat> untaps and plays an Elvish Reclaimer and a Collector Oof. I just kind of look at my board. I'm like, I have no red mana to use here. It's like, all right. So I have to try and figure out a way to get rid of this Collector Oof. Uh, so I start using Sagas to like pump out constructs. I have my Fable flip into a reflection. So now um, I'm like copying uh, constructs and fighting through a Force of Vigor that destroyed one of the constructs I was trying to copy. Um, and eventually get to a board state where my opponent's at four. And I've whittled them down with a couple of constructs and they have a Sylvan safekeeper. They made a 2020 uh, that's summoning six. So it hasn't been able to attack yet. And the collector you still in play. I'm like, all right, I have two constructs in this 
goblin uh, that's been making treasures. So all my constructs are like 10 tens. So I copy one of my constructs. I swing in. I put my opponent to two. They finally have to block with collector oof to not die. And I can cast the twin shot sniper that's been in my hand all game and just ping them for the last two health. And just <laughs> nice. the commentators are just like, what, what is that? Is that a goblin sharpshoot? What is that card? And just like, <laughs> oh. Like, just couldn't figure out how my opponent had just that. They're like, oh, yeah, the Depths players got this. Just managed to, like, steal that one. It's like, all right, this is what I got to play to. Let's do it. Hey, sometimes um, you just got to play Idiot Tribal and hope. Sometimes just, you know, you got to keep attacking with the constructs and hope you get there. Um, so that game was really sweet. <clears throat> I think uh, another great game. Played against Mono Red Prison in the semis and had this uh, game where... Uh, generally, if you're playing against Mono Red Prison, and they go turn one Chalice on one, turn two Trinisphere, turn three Goblin Rabble Master, turn four Legion War Boss, most of the time you die. Mm-hmm. But can um, I was able to fight through that with a Fable and a Fury on turn uh, three, where I had to like evoke it and pay the three through Trinisphere to like kill a couple of Goblins. I was able to like slowly. Uh, get uh, my land drops made with this fable out and just uh, go for a combo like all in one turn with a goblin engineer and reflection copying it to like double weld in one turn and uh, navigate through all my opponent's hate. And then uh, another really fun game was the uh, game three of the finals against Doomsday. Um, I wanted to make sure to touch on this one because this one yeah, this funny as hell. This, Sometimes you have games where it's like very interactive. Both players are at their peak and are just, you know, really like exchanging their resources as like expertly as possible. And then you have games like this. Both my opponent and I mold the six. I get duressed on turn one. And what my opponent finds is a mountain, an Urza saga, a mind break trap, and three like pyroblasts. It's just like, that is a hand you kept. Yep. So, neither of us is doing anything. Yeah, it's just like no <laughs> one's doing anything. So this just, game is starting on turn six. Yeah, <laughs> so you're aware. <laughs> so I like un, you know, go to my first turn. I draw and I find a grindstone. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'm gonna play this. Uh, I've seen my opponent's deck a couple times. Doesn't look like they have uh, dazes in. So I'm just gonna play this grindstone out. Hopefully, I'll draw a third mana source and. Maybe we'll get there. And my opponent just, we're trading back and forth. They're not drawing like the uh, doomsday that they need. I keep drawing like, drew like a lotus petal and like, oh, all right, I played my saga. I have two mana. All right, I drew a thorn of amethyst. All right, this will slow you down. And just like, I'm like not drawing mana, but they're not drawing things to make a pile. Eventually, I like start drawing mana. I draw Simeon Spirit Guy and I'm like, all right, this is a clock. Cast this. Uh, you know, I made a joke as I cast it. I was like, all right, here's a clock. And my opponent started cheering. He's like, yes, I love when a mana monkey gets cast. So we're, we're both just so drained at this point. We're just having a good time with it. Athas's Oracle is cast to block the mana monkey. Yeah, it's like, uh, so you had the one three that never is supposed to be cast until the game is over. And the two two that's never supposed to be cast. Staring yeah. at each other on the board yes. for about seven turns. My opponent had to read Thassa's Oracle when he cast it because he wasn't sure how it worked. <laughs> Which is he's reasonable. like, he's just like, all right, I don't know how this card works. Hang on, and just like, oh, two, okay. It just like looks at the top two cards. 
Um, turns All out I is when I when I land yeah. it, people concede. I don't know what the actual words are. Hang on. Yeah. In, in Turbo Doomsday, usually it's not relevant. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just uh, drew a goblin engineer in the next turn to play this. So I was like, all right, I got the grindstone. Here's a painter. Like, good luck. And my opponent's like, yeah, like I, I just have no outs. You got it. And it um, turns out that if he like tried to cast a doomsday, um, that I could have hard cast a mind break trap to counter it. Nice. Uh, so like, he's like, yeah, I can't do anything. I was like, well, if you like try to go for it, like I have the mind break trap and he's like, uh, oh yeah all right you got it so uh <laughs> i have been playing magic for 12 years now i have never once seen a mind break trap hard cast i have done it twice now technically in my mono red deck i have hard cast my <laughs> break trap that's, that's another just... one of those like with the alternate casting cost of three blue blue yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like all right <laughs> through this, this thorn and with my Pedal and uh, Mox Opal, like I can cast this. Like, <laughs> hope it doesn't come to that, but you know. But if so. I have to, I have to. <laughs> yeah, That's I just so played. Awesome. We're looking at plan like I'm gonna say F at that point. Yeah, like this is <laughs> this is not at all crossed my mind, but here it's actually relevant. It turns out so. Um, yeah, I just played a lot of uh, a lot of fair magic throughout the day. Uh, the only combo decks I really played were Doomsday and Elves. And, That's fair uh, magic. That I mean, <laughs> I mean, fair quote Wait, unquote. There was two twos and one threes. It's fair magic. Yeah, I, I and there like... was attacking and blocking on both sides of the okay. battlefield. Is maybe this old school that you're playing two twos fighting against one threes. That game was fair. We'll put that in quotes. That's one thing I always had to figure out when I like I first started really playing competitively and people started saying like these terms, you know, like, oh, it's just it's fair magic. And I was like, what? What are you talking? Did you just see what happened in that game? Like, how is that fair at all? I don't understand. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've just accepted it. I just yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just it's fair or whatever. I just start saying yeah. words now, too. Yeah. I used to think unfair <laughs> magic meant my opponent was cheating. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it feels like yeah, sometimes it feels like they are. But um, yeah, I've mean, played Reanimator, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I did a lot of uh, like Fable of the Mirror Breaker. I know Ian's heard me preach about this card for weeks and months now, but that card just really uh puts Painter into a whole new league of its own. Uh. I just, I love everything that card does for the deck, and it just really uh, just showed up all day. And just did crazy things, copying Fury against Elves, uh, being able to like give cool. Welders haste. Like, oh yeah, it was, it was doing great stuff all day. So just... yeah, I, I played two leagues with the deck, uh, one yesterday, one today already, and like one of them you were watching. So it's like there's <laughs> plenty where it's like, okay, yeah. You can uh, you can do this to activate on your welder to play around their surgical by having a second welder at instant speed. And I'm just like, I knew that these interactions were possible in the deck, but seeing them in action is like on a different level. That's that card is crazy, crazy good. Like I think, I, any, <clears throat> I think anytime awesome. you can take like a new card. I think the hallmark of a great card in a deck is a new card in a deck is it takes something that oh this would normally be backbreaking 
and it's no longer a factor. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it sounds like that's really what, what Fable does for you is a lot of the interaction that your opponent could have that would normally just be like, well, I can't win now. You're just kind of, meh. Yeah. Um, previously, one of the scariest cards, and still a very scary card from most decks is Meltdown. But mm. with the new uh, addition of Fable to the deck, now you have two creatures uh, that don't get hit by Meltdown, and you can kind of go for this aggro plan now of like, all right, I can like copy constructs with reflection. I can like start generating value by like, um, you know, making a lot of treasures and just having a lot of excess mana. So just Fable kind of hedges up this problem that the deck really had before of this Meltdown was basically lights out. There wasn't really anything you could do about it because like your fair plan was constructs. Now you have this uh, adjacent plan for fair matchups and Fable just super helps out there. Before Fable, you were probably comboing like 80%, 70% of the time. Now it's split pretty like 50-50 because Fable does so much heavy lifting and being able to attack your opponent's life. So, Wow. That's pretty, that's sweet. I think, um, uh, I guess... Can we just start going into the other newer cards that are from the deck? Because I, I try and keep up to to date with some of the different but cards and get decks. into one one more thing with that. That works. What Fable does for you, it sounds like with the letting you get the beatdown plan, it completely changes playing against it. Because I know I've played against mm -hmm. Painter a ton because we played Mike's basement and that's all Mike plays. And I remember usually when you play against that, your life total is irrelevant. Like you don't care what you get down to mm -hmm. because you're just going to lose by the combo, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so you don't care. But now it sounds like, oh, no, I have to care about that. Mm -hmm. I have to worry about fetching myself too low or. Or my yeah. opponent pitch cast a fury to wipe my two blockers, copied it, wipe my other blocker and then attack me for six. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. You know, you know, if I was playing burn, oh no, I ha I do actually have to worry about how much I'm going to hurt myself with my eidolons, you know, things like that. So I think that, that actually does give you a huge, huge new dimension to that deck. Yeah, a lot of people aren't used to having to worry about their life total, even like um, against like the control decks, uh, you know, four swords to plowshares, four prismatic endings, like uh control decks they have to worry about their life total uh a lot because like even like simian spirit guides like you know we always joke about casting it but like that is a very relevant threat against control they don't have a ton of answers to mm -hmm. all of your creatures um goblin engineer putting a braze apprentice in the yard now all eight of your goblins have to be answered or you're going to get a braze apprentice in the play you're going to get a two three and a thopter the braze apprentice can start accruing value so like all of those need to be answered but like mm -hmm. any creature in play is also scary because they don't play like a lot of blockers. They have like shark typhoons, but those tokens can get like eaten by one of your seven pyroblasts in your deck. Um, so the yeah, aggro plan is very scary still. Yeah, because even against the control decks, like yes, they have four solitudes or like like against taxes, you can have four solitudes, you have four um four plows, you have four skyclave apparitions. All right, that's 12 answers. There are 19 creatures plus four fables in this deck. And mm -hmm. every single one of those creatures has the potential to win the game somehow. Mm -hmm. Plus Urza Sagas. Plus Sagas, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you yeah. you make that, that unplayable bulk rare that nobody touches. Yeah. Yep. 
That's it. Yeah, the decks makes so many creatures, and all of them are like must answers a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, because so. they either have a relevant ability, or they get really big, or both. Yeah. Well, and then too, like if you look at the the Skyclave, you get the creature back half the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes bigger. Like if you hit a monkey with it. Yeah, it improves it. Cool. You just upgraded my monkey. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. When I kill your your Skyclave. Yeah, I think I, I think it's crazy how like like you said, it was usually you comboed more, but now it's more of a 50-50 to it. And I think something too is I know we've talked about like our area, there's been a decent amount of painter players, so it's not it's not it wasn't as uncommon to see it if there were events going on around here. Mm-hmm. Um and I know obviously like it was it's not just oh it's only a deck here it's it's not this deck other but i think with the amount of cards that are coming out and that have been put into this deck and we see are improving it in such a vast way um i think it's really cool and interesting to see that there is more and more people playing this deck and i mean you know with more people playing it it's gonna be you know a a double-edged sword where more people playing it has more people kind of ready to play against it, which I mean, Hey, it's whatever, but more people playing it also has more eyes on this deck to see the different ins and outs and to see if there's some card that's been around for a long time that could be added to this again and be put in the rotation and improve it even more. Hmm. I always think that's really cool to see, you know, yeah, there's still a lot of uh, like exploration that's being done with Painter with like all the new sets, like even Brothers War. There are so many new artifacts that are coming out that mm-hmm. people are looking to try. Um, there are cards from like the Warhammer 40k Commander decks, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Chaos Defiler. Um, a lot of people have been trying that out in paper and have been pretty happy with how that card plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget which one that is. Uh, so Chaos Defiler is three... Uh, black red for a five four and uh, when it enters the battlefield um, it you do like the council's judgment thing where you vote for a non-land uh, permanent and then it destroys something that was voted for at random uh, and it does this when it enters the battlefield and also when it dies uh, so with goblin welder whenever it moves from one zone to the other you're doing this vote and you're just working through uh, permanence. It also has trample, so uh, also just like a very mm-hmm. uh, you know good clock at actually killing your opponent. But yeah, the friendly being a five four is yeah. solid. Yeah, and it, it's only five mana to cast this thing, so like it's perfectly castable. Like you can restructure your mana base a little bit to mm-hmm. uh, include this because like we're already casting furies, so mm-hmm. uh, you know having a black mana instead of a red is like very reasonable with the uh, petals and uh, mox opal in the deck. So and um, especially with Fable too, just having infinite mm-hmm. treasures available. Yeah, um, some people are talking about like even splashing the new uh, Haywire Might, which is a uh, one-one for one. That when it dies, you gain two life. But most importantly, uh, for a green, you can sack it and exile a uh, non-creature artifact, I believe, uh, uh, or enchantment. Non-creature artifact or non-creature enchantment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it hits Chalice, it hits opposing Urza Sagas, it also hits Cauldra, which uh, I don't like that card. Uh, <laughs> that card hurts a lot. 
I know, but why hate uh, it? I'm playing fair and honest magic. That's all it is. It's a seven. It's an artifact. artifact. Yeah. You could play it. You could. I could play Kaldra. <laughs> I mean, I still, re- I still remember that uh, 80 card Yorian Painter Blade deck that you played on Moto for a couple leagues. It was better than people would expect. Um, yeah, but or- that's not a high bar. I mean, I expected a two three, and then he three two with it. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it was very similar to like the D and D uh, idea of like you play Yorian and like all your cards are like just very similar power levels, so you're not really like diluting the power level of the deck at all, and then you just have this fair card that just uh, puts your deck into overdrive when you have it, mm-hmm. um, and it has like a similar premise. Now, if I were to like try that idea again, I think I would probably just be like mono red painter and then just splashing white for Yorian mm-hmm. and then maybe have like a Caracas in the deck in case you can like start looping or whatever. But like it's mainly just like for like a one time value because that'll generally let you like assemble combo or just you generate so much value there that you don't need to do the loops or anything. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because Yorian blinking fable just sounds like gas. Yeah. It's a good time. We love the. Uh, there are so many ETBs in Painter, just between uh, Furies and Fables and Goblin Engineers. So there's plenty to be abused by Yorian. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, I think. How many. Is it. We kind of talked right before we started recording. Um, I I believe you know you've been um wow I've like forgotten exactly how to talk here sorry uh you're you're bigger in the painter discord and whatnot right like the group there has that group been going crazy knowing like with the brothers war stuff because they were like oh it's going to be an artifact set like we, we got to see what's going to be coming out or anything. I and mean, we don't have to like dive into it a whole lot. I just think it's interesting that we kind of look at the history of artifact based sets and like fucking up magic and standard and stuff like that. Like you got to be kind of looking at the track record and being like, I mean, they're going to give us something broken, right? Hey, just because the yeah. last artifact set broken, broke standard and partially modern and pioneer uh, and the one before that broke, standard and modern doesn't mean anything uh there are definitely a lot of sweet cards coming from brothers ward (laughs) that i'm excited to try out now i don't know how good some of them are but um i think like haywire might is definitely kind of like the simplest slot in like you Mm -hmm. have to consider any artifact that's zero or one mana that you can find off saga Mm -hmm. um I think like a couple of the other cards that I know like I'm interested in are the Phyrexian Dragon Engine, which is the other half of the Mishra Meld, which is uh, three mana two two double strike, and then if it ever enters the battlefield from your graveyard, you can discard your hand and then draw three cards. Um, hmm. So this card also has an Earth, so like you don't even need a Goblin for the like the one shot uh, recharge. But if you ever have a Goblin Welder or an Engineer that can recur this because it's only three mana, like you can start doing some pretty busted things. Yeah, yeah um, you end up having it where when you unearth it, it ends up exiling itself. But if you just bring it back with a Welder, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It you, it will stick around. You can put it back in, take it back out, and just have a lot of fun with the ETB. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think like the biggest thing that you have to consider when you're looking at these 
kind of like uh, welder uh, kind of like uh, special targets is how castable and useful are they if you don't have that goblin anymore mm -hmm. and like Frixian Dragon Engine like a 3 mana 2-2 two, two double strike is like not great but like it's very serviceable and even if you just like entomb it with your goblin engineer you'll eventually get to 5 mana and be able to cast it especially mm -hmm. against the control decks it's just kind of like alright well I need to have a force ready for that card or they're just going to draw 3 more cards and then I'm you know going to have to struggle to answer all those so mm -hmm. Um, the yeah, other one, honestly, a three, a three mana two, two double strike is actually not bad in the format right now either. Cause like if people are going to be having their, uh, their three, four Elvish reclaimers sitting out, it's like, you can start pressuring them with this because they're not going to want to block with it. If they, yeah. if you do trade with them, perfect. If not, you're dealing them four every turn. And then if they ever do trade, you just unearth it and just draw more cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to mess around with it. Um, we obviously have the uh, the new pioneer staple that everyone's really excited about for Mono Green, the Stone Brain, mm -hmm. um, which is our new uh, two mana artifact, and you can pay two tap and basically surgical something from an opponent's deck. Um, and then uh, with Karn, uh, which Painter's not on right now, it'll probably be back on Karn's eventually when someone starts doing some mm -hmm. listed artifact things, because the best part of Karn is just like that one-sided stony silence. Um, when people start, you know, really uh, doing that stuff again, when like test starts popping back up, etc., cetera, uh, we might be back on Karn's and then Stonebrain can be uh, worth a look. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think... It was, um, you're talking about, you know, that card might not be as serviceable. Um, as someone who played more fringe decks as well, when you start getting better cards, it's, again, another double-edged sword where you're like, oh, this is cool, like, I can compete more, I can do more things, but also you're kind of like pet cards kind of get pushed to the side, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like... Um, I get it. I understand. Yeah. You know, I, what I'm trying to say is I feel your pain, you know, oh, trying yeah. to figure out uh, what cards that you want to play at certain points in time. But, you know, you just got to push through, you know, yeah. you just got to push through and you keep going with it. And that's why I still played Grave Titan this past weekend. And I actually think it was a great decision. Mm -hmm. I just that was just me just trying to push in that. I played Grave Titan in my 75 and it did pretty well for me. So hashtag humble brags. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, like hashtag, I still went two yeah. and three. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Grave Titan got part. you there. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. Thankfully, my pet card in Painter right now is Fable, and like that card's just really good. So mm -hmm. it's it's okay. I'm not going to be cutting that one. Mm -hmm, but sure. uh, definitely looking at like all these new artifacts, I'm just kind of like, all right, like 58 of this 60 is like pretty set in stone. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so like what can i do to squeeze in like these fun new artifacts that i really want to try out oh, absolutely i think just um, as a reminder you don't actually have to add yorian to play an 80 card deck it's true this, yeah this is accurate yes true goblins is usually on like a 61 62 at times i was playing 61 <laughs> card oops all spells the other day yeah <laughs> which i feel like the way it ended up at 61 was they had this huge engine like all these cards in play and then we're ready to hit submit and then realized oh i didn't put a thassa's oracle in 
Yeah. Uh, let's just put it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have a question. With you talked about, they're not playing Karn right now, and I see that it looks like just about everyone, minus our buddy Mike, is just playing Mono Red. Um, how often do you feel like the the main like guts of Painter has kind of changed recently? I guess because I feel like you guys were splashing. Um, I know we had Roger on here and he was playing red green, but from what I understand, that was just a really different version some time ago. Yeah. Roger is a fantastic player and can make pretty much whatever, uh, iteration of painter, uh, that he wants to work, work. Um, Mm -hmm. so like, he's always a big fan of having like the one of bomb. So like his, uh, pet card is always a sundering Titan. Mm-hmm. Um, and once upon a time is a card that adds like a really good level of consistency to the deck. You like mm-hmm. to have your goblins on turn one and two. Um, but now fable is kind of the card that can add your level of consistency to the deck. Okay. Um, painter, uh, like I kind of mentioned earlier is really tight on slots right now because all mm-hmm. of your cards that you have can do so much. Um, so like even splashing green still, like you can still do that. Um, it's just kind of, what do you cut at that point? Some people are cutting fast mana. Some people don't play like the Brea's apprentice and the twin shot sniper, which are like Mm -hmm. valuable tutor targets. Um, so I think mono red is probably the strongest version of painter, but it's not Mm -hmm. the only version of painter. Mm -hmm. A lot of people still really like the mono white builds, which are a little more, uh, focused into the combo using Oswald Fiddlebender. Um, and then you kind of have like Mother of Runes to help protect the combo. Um, I remember there. the not too distant past where that was the primary mm-hmm. painter that you would see for for a short time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I think I think it was yeah. people saw Oswald wanted to try to force it. Yeah, um, uh, Moto user Eddie the intern was the one that kind of started working on that and really popularized it. And he's still really active and working on it. Um, and then there are still some people that like to play um, Shortcake, which is like red white, which mm-hmm. uh, uses like Enlightened Tutor to try and uh, turbo out the combo. Uh, but again, you're just um, the mana base is already um, pretty susceptible to Wasteland. Um, yeah. Even in your mono red deck, you're playing four Ancient Tomb, some number of Great Furnace, um, four Urza Saga, and some number of City of Traders in your mono red deck. So more than half your lands can still be Wastelanded. So, like, sometimes you're playing against Delver and you're just stuck on two mountains. You're like, I can't cast any of the cards that I want to cast. So, uh, adding in another color does still come at a pretty uh, hefty cost. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're just, like, playing one duel and you're like, I'm splashing, like, a couple of cards. Like, either Sworn Cannon is an important mm-hmm. hole. Or you're now playing the Black Splash and just splashing for, like, Chaos Defiler and maybe, like, Opposition Agent or something uh, if you're trying that out. Mm-hmm. So I think mono red is going to be the best and most consistent version, but yeah. I don't think it's the only version. And um, like even looking at the painter discord, there are like 15 different ways that people are trying painter that are like semi-active a little bit ago. A lot of people were trying mono blue painter and that was mm-hmm. like doing reasonably. And like, there's a mono blue that has like the eight cast build and they put in like two painters and a grindstone, like just eight cast, but three cards. You now have this, 
uh, backdoor combo that you can do. And then some people are like, hey, you know what? We're going to go like really deep on doing this mono blue. We're going to play like words and stuff to like assemble the combo. So uh, War is definitely going deep. Yeah. So like that, that, that's part of the reason I love painter so much is like sometimes you're like, hey, you know what? I've been playing mono red for so long. I'm going to try something else out. And someone has some wacky version of painter whether it's like Mike's Dorian uh, pile that he played at the BCDL Open or pile some... the correct word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at that deck list, I definitely have some critiques that I won't mention here, but there's oh, people that... here. Mike, take all those threes, make them fours, cut the twos, and you're good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, not playing four fables hurts my soul. Like, I, I'll just... I'll play at my flag right there. It hurts not seeing four fables because that card does so much. For I the feel like he didn't have four. I feel like that may have been the thing, but I'm Gosh. not entirely sure. Yeah. But you know, like it's not like we don't have. This was a full of proxy event as well. <laughs> well it was, it was a little less have. on the proxies this time because you had to have like the the official proxies for it. Well, yeah, but you could still contact them we could have gotten it so and also we know the money that guy spends on his deck yeah the the fables wouldn't be that expensive well he he wants to spend his money once true yeah. which is understandable he's not like me and i bought arid mesas like four times mm-hmm. or how many endurances do you have i had nine at yeah. one point now i have four but they're getting signed which so I from found nine to four to zero to back to four. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. But no, I, I think, you know, seeing the different versions of painter, um, it definitely as someone who's playing against it, knowing the basic idea and how m- most of the inner workings of the deck kind of work are sweet. But then you see like, a new card come out or they they play something different and you got to try and be thinking, okay, how does this now add to the deck that I'm already playing against here? You know, mm-hmm. I, so I definitely seen the mono red. Yeah. It's, it's the sleek down version. It's the one that runs more consistently, but you still kind of have to be on your toes because if they play a plateau at some point, then you're like, Oh, shit this is game two and i haven't seen any white cards from them yet like like something like that i i definitely respect it i think it's super cool so i'm i'm definitely in it so yeah that was was also kind of what we were talking about earlier with the new game plan with it which half of the deck does he draw Mm -hmm. just knowing that he's on mono red painter doesn't help you at all if he draws the other half of the deck that you weren't ready for and now you're just sitting there going well, shit, I have all these combo hate pieces in my hand, and he's just beating me to death with a couple of constructs that I can't do anything about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's very similar to um, in my top eight match against Doomsday. Um, I was on the play. My opponent ended up comboing me on turn two. But I hadn't shown red mana yet. Like I just mm-hmm. had a Ganjo and a basic planes in play. Whereas if my opponent didn't have a Street Wraith to cycle into the top of the deck after their Doomsand turn two, I was going to untap, play a Mountain, and Magus of the Moon them. And then they would not have been able to cast another Blue Spell the rest of the game. 
because I was literally going to go for a Magus of the Moon and violin Athalia, and then my opponent was just going to be dead. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, they had the street race, so I died. But game two, I played a fetch land on turn one, and they looked at their hand, looked over their sideboard, is like, oh, I hope I don't get blown out here. Because <laughs> they knew that I had pyroblasts and everything in my deck and just did not board correctly for it. Mm -hmm. So they only had one Thassa's Oracle in post-board. So if wow. I snagged that with a pyroblast at the wrong time, because they didn't have their cavernous souls either, because I'm playing death in taxes. So I just snag it at the wrong time. They just can't win. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they turned to me again, but you know, at least Dan beat him for me in the finals. Yeah, I avenge you on that one. And also, uh, do you want to kind of touch on just like red is just really, really good in legacy at the moment? I think, mm -hmm. I think this is like one of the strongest points for red in kind of like recent memory. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's like, how happy I am to hear that. Yeah, but it's not for the red cards yeah. that you want. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Just let me dream, dude. Come on. <laughs> you know, uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Not only did it like make Painter really good, Mono Red Prism was really good, which also had a spot in our top eight. Um, the Minkskin Boo, which I'm sure some people are super annoyed with seeing that card. And why does it always make the hamster again after it dies? Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Like uh, that card's really good right now. So I just think Red's like in a really strong spot. Yeah, like out of the out of the top eight, there were five red decks. Three of them only playing them as a, playing the red as a splash, because Pyroblast has just always been super solid. Um, like like for years, you would have Miracles decks that were playing one Vulk main deck and a Mountain in the sideboard just for Pyroblast, because it's just such a efficient card against a lot of the best cards in the format. Um, and the more decks that have the ability to play these red cards like they have such a much wider angle of attack against decks that they normally would have trouble with yeah pyroblast is great in the format also hydroblast is great it's always funny that both the red and blue blast are good in the format right now so yeah i got hydroblasted several times earlier today um still not the most tilting card that my opponent cast though <laughs> um, uh, my yeah. my opponent um, casts Brotherhood's End, and then put it back on top with their Mystic Sanctuary, and then dazed my play with their Mystic Sanctuary, and then put it back on top again. And I'm like, okay, cool. My opponent doesn't have any more dazes left. We should be fine. And then they just cast a second copy of it, and I died, and I scooped. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Uh, Anger of the Gods with also Meltdown for three on the same card is really good against Painter. Yeah. yeah. Especially when not... Meltdown for three usually costs four mana, but now it only costs three. Yeah. Uh, saw that card. I was a little worried that it was going to take off. I still think Meltdown's just like in general just going to be the card that's chosen, but it's just another scary card to have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I'm at least glad with Death and Taxes. Um, a lot of the scary cards that I have to worry about are all the new combo cards. There's not really a ton of new answers that I have to worry about because you know there's plenty of removal in the format anyway. Absolutely. <clears throat> all right, I think I was I saw that new red card 
and sent it to our group. I'm like, what the hell? Like, because I was sitting here thinking about modern um, hammer. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a pain in the ass. <laughs> Considering it kills literally everything in your deck. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out. Mm. Yeah. Definitely excited to see what kind of uh, splash that the Brothers War makes in all the formats. Looks like there's a. Uh, a lot of cards that are gonna make splashes so mm-hmm. yeah really starting to see some of the deck lists or actual you know some decent conversations on uh what people believe these cards will end up doing i think it would be cool i was seeing some talk about like pioneer and whatnot and i'm like man i kind of want to look into it more but then lord knows i'll see a deck that i want to play and have to try and build it mm-hmm figure out where uh where i can play pioneer <laughs> yeah pioneer always looks interesting to me and then it's just kind of like but mono green so yeah uh, and that's what i'm hearing seeing too so it's okay crazy. brothers war does what i think it's gonna do Karn will be banned in three months and then the mm. format will be back to somewhat balanced again that's fair yeah Karn is uh Super uh, strong card for uh, the mono green deck. Yeah, um, there are a couple cards that I do want to talk about real quick um, that I think are kind of on like that make a splash in the format side. And it's cards that we really only saw for the first time at BCDL um, because they just weren't available on Magic Online. Um. Uh, I know I played against one of them, and I know you played against the other. How was it against the stickers deck? <laughs> oh, so I can't comment too much on how the stickers deck was. My opponent never cast uh, the Mind Goblin or whatever sticker yeah, it would have had, uh, but commonly known as the Mind Goblin. I think like one time it would have made five, and one time it would have made six uh, mana if they had cast it, but. Um, it never came into play. I think if they were able to cast the Mind Goblin and then like cast amongst us afterwards, uh, those games were going to be much harder. But for the mm-hmm. most part, they just kind of cast like a couple Goblin spells and then just died to Furies that I had in my hand. Um, so um, I don't have too much to say about uh, what it can do because I haven't seen it in action. But theoretically, it sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. Just but, a, a seething song that you can violin and tutor up and attack with. Yeah. I think it seems fine. Yeah. On paper, the card sounds great. Oh, is that all that can do? <laughs> yeah, that's all. Uh, you can also sacrifice and block with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would love to see more of kind of like the Turbo Muxus strategies that rely on Mind Goblin to kind of. Uh, really put a lot of pressure onto the opponent very quickly but mm-hmm. um there were like four different iterations of goblin decks that were played there was like a couple stickers variants there were a couple that just uh didn't have stickers at all that were just playing the normal tribal strategy so i don't know what the best thing is there i assume most people haven't figured it out yet but uh, mm-hmm. there was even a food chain goblins that was showing up at the top tables mm-hmm. for a bit um so there's there's definitely a lot of room for improvement in the archetype right now and the the new 
lord out of dominaria actually i think is going to make a decent impact in like um like the more mid-rangey goblins builds um i played against goblins in i think round two or round three um and they had two of the rundeveld horde masters in play so every single time that i was painting the creatures off with my gta it's like okay cool i killed one well they drew two cards off of it basically so it's like i had i had to like restrict their mana and kill their creatures and put pressure on their life total otherwise they're still just going to overwhelm me yeah i think that card can definitely do a lot of heavy lifting um my like main worry is that it's a dies and it doesn't do a lot in like the control matchups where you really kind of want that thing because mm -hmm. they're just going to be exiling all of your cards anyways but like comboing with skirk prospectors you can just still sack them and get the cards yeah uh, mm -hmm. it definitely uh seems strong and i'm not a goblins expert outside of goblin engineer and you know fable and such but the uh goblin tribal stuff i'm super excited to see what they uh get to try out yeah, I got to watch a lot of Goblins mirror matches at that event, which I was not expecting. But I'm yeah. very happy to see it happen. It was it was definitely interesting to see how many Goblins were around me. Because um, it's and it's also not just um, what is it, like the Dominaria Lord. Um, people are there's also one from the Brothers Commander that people are going to try out. There's one from Jumpstart 22 that uh, there's some discussion and everything going out. But yeah, the stickers stuff was interesting. I only, I didn't really get to see any of the sticker stuff myself either. I saw people like talking about it and preparing for it. Um, there was someone that had like triple sleeves that had the different stickers like sharpied on them, which I thought was kind of cool. Because mm -hmm. then they would just put that like in there, but then I'm like, if it would be shuffled in, I don't really know. But yeah, cross that, that bridge uh, when you kind of get there. I think that was extra cloud had that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was yeah. an interesting um, addition to it. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's cool. I'd like to try more stuff out, so I gotta go get stickers, stuff like that. You know, you got to keep up with the Joneses here. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, but I think the uh, the other ones that I ran into, um, my round four was like the most entertaining match of Legacy I've played in my entire life. Uh, my opponent was playing a Naya Initiative deck. Uh, including White Plume Adventurer, which as of today is now available on Magic Online, or as of yesterday, sorry. Uh, but it is a two and a white for a three three. When it enters the battlefield, you take the initiative, which is another monarchy kind of style effect. Um, but then at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, you untap a creature you control. And if you've completed a dungeon, you untap all creatures you control. So it kind of lets you play a bit of a, a bit of aggro, a bit of defense at the same time. But the initiative going into the Undercity dungeon, like there's 
still a lot of value that that can pull out. Like it was dominating uh, Popper for a while with until they had to ban three cards because of it. Um, but my opponent and I were trading the initiative back and forth like every other turn for the entire match. And it was just very... It was like a different sub game that I haven't played in a long time because like taxes used to play um, palace jailer so mm. exile something you become the monarch and then you just protect it occasionally you trade it back and forth in the wrong matchups but it's been it's been several years since I've actually had a point where I played against this style effect in a competitive game so there were it changed the way I had to do combat a lot of the time because it'd be like okay normally I'd hold this creature back and just play a bit defensive until I can build my board up but I want the initiative back mm -hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna attack here and leave myself like where I have to play more defensively and more aggressively at the same time so it was and plus my opponent and I just were having a blast the entire time too. <laughs> so we were screwing around the whole time and I'm looking forward to seeing what this card does, whether in just like a normal mid rangey deck, or even if you're playing in like a mono white stompy build, mm. so I feel like there's a lot of potential for this card way more than the dollar it's selling for right now would show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've uh, been seeing it pop up a lot in uh, paper tournaments recently. I know in a couple tournaments in the UK, it uh, won and did really well at those. Um, and I I've picked up my playset because I'm a believer in uh, taking the initiative. Um, so, and it's finally coming to Magic Online. So we'll mm -hmm. get you know hundreds more games uh, on that card now that people can actually like really test it rather than just their once a week legacy uh, events. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm super excited to see this. Uh, this alongside, uh, what's the other initiative card? There's uh, a four mana Seasoned one. Dungeoneer. Yeah, Seasoned Dungeoneer. Uh, um, so it's so. four mana, three, four, ETB, take the initiative. And then whenever you attack, target attacking cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard gains protection from creatures until end of turn, and then it explores, which was a, uh, a mechanic from Ixalan where... You reveal the top card of your deck. If it's a land, you put in your hand. Otherwise, put a counter on the creature. And then if you want, you can put the card into your graveyard. If not, you leave it on top of the deck. And that was an effect that, like, honestly took over standard the entire time I was in it. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact that it's stapled onto a protection from creatures, I think, is very very worth playing yeah the fact that you're always going to be able to take back the initiative if you lose it with that protection from creatures seems really strong mm -hmm. and like playing this on like turn two or three um with like chrome moxes or mox diamonds uh something like that and like a mono white kind of uh stompy deck uh mm -hmm. definitely seems really strong so i'm excited to see what happens uh with these initiative cards mm -hmm. absolutely yeah it's definitely a lot of room to explore Pardon the pun. Yeah. Um, also, um, another card in the Naya Initiative deck that I'm pretty uh, hyped about and hope to eventually see on Magic Online is uh, Moloch, which is uh, green-red for a 2-2. Uh, 
um, and when it enters the battlefield, it fights something, and if it kills that thing, it exiles it. Um, but it's uh, green, red, X, and it'll enter with X plus one plus one counters on it. So uh, just seems like a great uh, creature that you know can help stabilize the board, just get a really strong threat into play. And I think it has like ravenous if X is ever five or more. When it enters the battlefield, you also draw a card. Yes. So seven mana, seven seven ETB draw a card, kill their best thing. Like just sign me up. Yeah, my uh, my opponent casts it for the draw a card mode in my match against them. Mm-hmm. Pretty good uh, card. Yeah, it was it was kind of scary. Um, it took out my, I think it took out a flicker wisp that had a batter skull on it. Ugh. So it was a trade, but it didn't <laughs> feel great. <laughs> like they were still up a card. <laughs> But that was yeah. another another fable, the mirror breaker deck. So Fable's a great as, card. Yeah, as soon as all that stuff's online, I'm playing this deck. It, look, it looks <laughs> yeah. sick. As soon as it gets there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, while well, we're still talking about new cards, I think one last one to talk about from uh Bro is our new uh young pyromancer uh kind of copy. I don't remember its name. It's a third path iconoclast, I think, which that is a blue red two one. Uh, and whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create a one one uh, colorless soldier artifact creature token. Um, so it has the upside of a being blue, so it pitches the force, and then it also has the upside of it triggers now off of non-creature spells rather than just instants and sorceries. So you can like put four Mishra's baubles in your Delver deck and also have ways to trigger it the turn you cast it um so i know people have already been trying that out and seeing results with it so i'm excited to see if it actually becomes like a new staple threat in the delver deck or if we're just gonna have like four different delver decks depending on what like tertiary threat that you want to play besides uh darcy and Merktide. are you gonna play shredders are you gonna play iconoclasts you're gonna play both are you just gonna play delvers like what are you looking to do so yeah there's a lot, a lot of and we cool can be talking about both legacy and modern in that statement oh yeah uh so uh, i'm super excited to see this card i think it's actually uh, i saw it in play today and i was like oh why wouldn't you just play like young pyromancer and then i read it again and i was like all right this is you know a little better than young pyromancer actually uh, so it's a little harder to cast other than that it's just better <laughs> yeah and like legacy delver like your mana is generally just all duels anyways so like it's just two yeah. mana all the time doesn't matter mm. <clears throat> the only downside was the fact that i pyroblasted it when it was on the stack yeah but I think, oh, yeah. I think the upsides will generally outweigh it being blastable because if you're taxing their blasts, that means your Merktide's less likely to get blasted, also which is like perfectly fine. Yeah, I think I'd find playing this and Merktide, I'd rather you blast this. Checks out. <laughs> um, so coming up soon, I know, Dan, you're planning on going to Eternal Weekend. I am. Are you gonna play any vintage? Uh, I don't have any power, so oh, yeah. if if I can find someone who has power that would be willing to let me borrow it, I would happily play in a vintage event or um, 
I can perhaps find like a painter build that I can play in vintage. Um, one of the fellow painters in the painter discord has actually been um, trying out a uh, fable painter build in um, vintage, which um, does have unfortunately like a full, like almost a full set of uh, non-blue power hmm. in their deck. But uh, you also get to play sensei's divining top. And I never got to play Painter with Top, so that just sounds like so much fun. I would love to do that. Uh, it is what they call value. Yeah. So I, you monster. Yeah. I was going to say you get to slow down another format. Cool. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I would happily do that. Like I generally think I play Magic pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> you know, I went to time. Uh, like I think once on the weekend, but that was in my uh, feature match against Depths, and that was just like that game three required so much calculations, and I barely got over the finish line. So I think mm -hmm. that was all time well spent. But otherwise, like uh, I generally know uh, what's going on and that I need to play fast because sometimes mm -hmm. Painter can take uh, thirty minutes to play a game. Mm -hmm. we, we've definitely had matches before where like we don't say a word we just point in general directions and we know exactly what's happening and we'll finish an entire match in like 15 minutes yeah if you know if you and your opponent know what's going on you can play games really fast like it's always great to like sit across from an opponent and like you you start playing and you like you play like your first land drop or two and you're like oh god we're playing the control mirror and you both just kind of sit up and just like start playing really quickly <laughs> you're like all right we both know what's going on here like we gotta go <laughs> mm -hmm. like that's always games. a great feeling this is like who has the better gut reactions on what's important in this matchup? Because like you spend too much time thinking, like you're just never finishing that match. Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's mm -hmm. only like four turns in the match that actually matter, and it's all the last yeah. ones. Because usually, if you lose that fight, you're conceding to go to the next game anyway. Oh yeah, it's like oh, Jay centered play. All right, <laughs> let's go to game two. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that one. <laughs> well, crap. So, uh, but the answer is if I can find five moxes and a black lotus that someone will let me play, I will happily play vintage. But uh, that is a lot to ask, and I don't expect to uh, find someone that would be willing to let me do that very quickly. <laughs> yeah, but you never but, know. Yeah, you never know. But uh, otherwise, Legacy, I'm probably going to try out all these bro artifacts, and then I'll play like 73 of the same 75 for the event. Or maybe I'll like switch back from Surgical's delay lines because people are now expecting Surgical's out of Painter. Mm -hmm. And maybe like try and juke them like that. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> you always kind of want to be on the end that people aren't expecting. So Yeah, it's like the old... Uh... Oh, everybody's cutting all of their... Artifact hate and modern time to play affinity. Oh, affinity won last week. Don't touch affinity. Yeah, yeah pretty much. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get annoyed when you see your pet deck win a tournament. It's like, damn it. <laughs> You're like, God, I can't play it for like a month. You <laughs> exactly. know, like I would think that, but I got to win with it for the tournament. So, like, I'm yeah. happy. It's like, ah, yeah. I can't play it for a month. All right, I'll, I'll oh, well. mess around with other things, then I'll play it at the next tournament. <laughs> Well, uh, really appreciate having you on today, Dan. Uh, having 
having multiple painter experts on this podcast now makes me feel like I can just pick up the deck and play it in the tournament and totally not punt a couple matches like I did earlier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> thanks for having me on. It's been a great time. Always great to talk with friends, but now I get to have done it officially on the podcast. So I feel like, you know, I've joined my Always. circle of friends that have all gotten to be on the podcast. So one of us. One of us. There it is. Always yeah. happy to have you. Yeah, absolutely. It was a good time. <laughs> and then uh who knows? Maybe you'll uh he'll go win eternal weekend and we'll have you on again. Yeah. Oh uh, hey. uh, yeah, just count on it right here. Called shot like winning it. There it is. Right. Here, 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 folks. Dan Becker wins Eternal Weekend 2022 with Mono Red Painter with probably two Brothers War cards in the sideboard. <laughs> and if he doesn't, we'll bring him back on to mock him incessantly. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. All He'll right. Be here, but we'll just mute him. And we'll just <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, from all of us here, or actually, almost forgot. Uh, Dan, you want to plug your Twitter or anything? Oh, sure. Happily plug my Twitter. Uh, so my Twitter is uh, Neodoria SR. Um, that's where you can find my very limited tweets. But um, as one person here has started this week, uh, one Ian Hoffman has started streaming. I will also be uh, getting the stream. Uh, so you can uh, follow me there and uh, get ready to see some painter action live on Twitch as oh, yeah. I uh, slowly try to become better at magic. So Sweet. Uh, Hell yeah. It's a process, but yeah. it's worth every step. Hey yep. man. Yeah. And we'll yeah. uh we'll put all your info and stuff in the um I guess text yeah. box wherever people listen to this. Yeah. I, I just I can't talk today, so I'm just yeah. gonna be ready to <laughs> yeah, say just goodbye. Be on the lookout for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from all four of us here today at the pregame effect, y'all have the rest of the night. Bye, everybody. Bye.